Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 285 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to be connecting with you in your earbuds this week. And if you are new to the show coming in from the Worthy in Love podcast tour or really elsewhere, then welcome. My name is Veronica. I'm the host of this show, and I'm a coach for women who feel like they have it all except love. Now, as this episode and really all the episodes on this podcast really highlight is that I'm really into doing the deep work. I really believe that we are all playing out old stuff from childhood. If you experience any kind of acute trauma, it can feel a little bit more obvious. However, I think that this applies to basically all of the human race on planet Earth. No matter what your childhood was, whether it was quote unquote, good or bad, hard or easy, we all are raised by humans and humans are imperfect by our very nature. And because of that, we mislearn things or misunderstand things around what our self-worth is, how we get love, how we view ourselves, how we view men, women, love, relationships, the world, and all of those things. So today on the show, my caller Dante is asking really about how she can stop outsourcing her confidence and her worthiness to things outside of herself, particularly relationships. Now, I've used this phrase a lot, both in this episode and the podcast, and I'm not sure I've ever clearly defined it, and I think it does confuse some people. So I want to just clear that up. I say the phrase outsourcing your worthiness a lot. And here's what I mean. Outsourcing your worthiness is, okay, if I am at a certain weight, or I'm 
in a relationship, or I'm making a certain amount of money, or I live in a certain kind of house or neighborhood. And those things alone make me feel good enough, make me feel confident, make me feel worthy, then that is outsourcing my worthiness. It's not to say those things can't help you feel good about yourself, or they can't contribute to the overall good feeling you have. But when they become the sole source of feeling confident, feeling worthy, then that is outsourcing your worthiness. And that is really an issue. And we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into my episode with Dante and in the uh, breakdown that I do after the coaching sessions So make sure you listen to that. So the consequences of being in a relationship that you've outsourced your worthiness to, I mean, I mean, it can really run the gamut. There's so many possibilities. I mean, One thing that it can have you do is just simply stay in a relationship that you're not super excited about, you don't really like the other person, but being coupled up, feeling of being chosen is what keeps you staying in a relationship where you're actually, if you're being honest with yourself, you're really settling. On the other end of the spectrum, it can really lead to some quite toxic, dysfunctional, if not abusive kinds of relationships because if you've outsourced your worthiness to either the relationship or even the other person specifically that you're in a relationship with, then that relationship and that person holds a great power over you, right? Because they can probably get away with a lot of bullshit, either doing some really awful things or saying some really awful things or just overall being a crappy partner to you. But because you're like, well, this makes me feel so good and you're not really able or willing to give that up, then it just, you know, as you can see, or as you can probably imagine, it creates a recipe for some not so great situations. So before we get to the show today, I just want to talk a little bit about my work over the past few years. And I've really doubled down on working almost exclusively with private clients. And even when I run group programs like Dating Without Swiping or the Love Incubator, which I run yearly, I really, really make sure that I have time carved out in the program to work with folks individually so I can answer their specific questions. And the beauty of this, and specifically the beauty for you in terms of working with a coach, is that I can see things that you may not be able to see, not because you aren't smart or because you're blind, but because sometimes you're too close to it. It's like when you're writing something, you know, I I used to, in college, would write these papers, and I would just look at them over and over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, I don't know, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. So I would take it to the writing center where a grad student would review your work, and like they would find a typo like in the first sentence. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like that when you can bring in an outside party into your love life and say, okay, what am I not seeing? What am I too close to? Where are my blind spots? And that's really the first thing I do with clients when I onboard them is to help them connect the dots. I want you to understand why you're in the relationship that you're in or in the kinds of relationships that you're in or what's keeping you stuck and not in any relationship at all. Because when you understand this, then you can see what the root of your pattern is and then you're able to heal it. You can't very easily change your patterns just by telling yourself next time you won't ignore a red flag or next time you'll say this or you'll hold your boundaries or whatever it you know may be. Because if that were true, then none of us would ever overeat. We would never buy shoes that we don't need, or we would never watch Netflix until 2am ever again. You have to shift and reprogram from the inside out because the inside is where so much of our programming comes from. And a lot of it is unconscious behavior. And this is really my zone of genius, working with women who are really to dive in, understand what's making them tick, the unconscious things that are making them tick, bringing that to the consciousness so that we can shift it. 
And really doing this kind of work with women and just really getting to know them and dive into their lives and their love lives truly gives me such an immense amount of joy. And I truly, truly love this work. So if you're ready to do this work with me and you aren't interested in staying stuck wherever you are in your love life, I would love to talk to you. I work with clients in my Deep Work, Deep Love program, and over the course of four to five months, I'll walk you through the path you need to take to reach your love life goals. We meet every other week and you have unlimited access to me between sessions so that you're always moving forward and we can work through things in real time, whether it's an ex randomly reappearing in your life, or you're needing a push to have a difficult conversation, or you just want to run something by me, you have access to me throughout our time together and not just confined to the actual coaching sessions. So if you're interested in exploring this with me, your next step is to book an introductory call with me so we can see if we're the right fit for each other. Now, this is a no obligation call. Think of it like a first date. We're just simply connecting to see if we want to make it official or not. So If you want to take the next step, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, and there you'll see a quick form to fill out. And then after you fill out that form, it'll refresh you to my calendar. And from there, you can book your introductory call. All right, my dear, I hope to talk to you soon. And with that, let's get into my coaching conversation with Dante. Hi, Dante. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi. Um, well, I've just been having issues kind of my whole life with feeling uh, very like my confidence is rooted in having a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess your question is, how can I not have the confidence be rooted in a relationship? Yes. Like, how do I not base my self-worth on a relationship? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what is the story that you tell yourself about being in a relationship? Why is it quote unquote better to be in a relationship? Well, I tell myself that, so I've never had a serious relationship and I tell myself that because I've never had one that I can never have one and I'm just unlovable and there's something wrong with me. Hmm. Why do you, why do you believe that? Well, maybe I'm used to getting what I want, getting my way. Maybe that's something to do with it. Okay. Tell me more. Like, I I guess, I don't know, when I was growing up, I had like a very, very nice childhood. And so I always assumed that I would continue to have what I want and the kinds of relationships that I want throughout my life, just because my childhood was so great. And I know that's not like um, a very good logical way of thinking, but I think I was just used to expecting good things to happen. And then like, just as I've gotten older with time and it keeps not happening and now I'm like, okay, well, like if it still hasn't happened, then it's just not going to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know if I buy that connection. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's good. This is why I'm on getting coaching calls. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not to say that there aren't some blocks or misunderstandings or limiting beliefs in that, but basically what you're telling me is let's see if I can get this straight. Basically what you're saying is because when you were younger, you had, it sounds like a privileged upbringing. And so you pretty much could have whatever you wanted. And now you're an adult and someone can't magically make a relationship appear in your life. And you're thinking, well, it's kind of because, you know, you're selfish and everything's all about you. And that's the reason why you feel bad about not having the relationship. Yeah. You see why I don't buy that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'm sure it's much deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. Okay. And just take a few breaths, get settled in. 
And what I want you to do is I want you to um, just imagine this bubble in front of you. And this bubble represents everything that has to do with being in a relationship. So the beliefs that come with it, how you feel about yourself that come with it, all of those things. So it's all there in this bubble. Right now, you're not in the bubble. We'll be there in a moment, but it's in front of you. So it's a separate thing from you. And then what I want you to do is I want you to actually step in this bubble. So you're going into a relationship and keeping your eyes closed or lowered. First, tell me, just tell me what you feel. Loved. Loved. Okay. Safe. Okay. Secure. Okay. Way of saying safe, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel very protected. Okay. What else do you either see, feel, think, believe? I feel accepted also. I I think that's a big one, actually. Accepted. Okay. Before we come out of this little visualization, anything else that you see, think, feel, believe? I mean, it feels like a fullness in my chest, like I'm being hugged. Okay. Okay. All right. When you're ready, you can come out of this little meditation, out of the bubble. You can open your eyes. All right. Before I share my reflections, I want to hear yours. Anything come up for you? Any ahas there? Insights? Well, I was definitely surprised that I felt accepted, but I think that makes sense because I do feel like I'm a bit of a a weird person. So <laughs> why do you think you're weird? Yeah, well, I've, I've always been a little bit different. And when I was a kid, like people definitely bullied me a little bit. And it took me a while before I had like a group of really good friends who I could trust. I mean, in high school, I had that, but there is still some drama sometimes. So it wasn't really until college that I felt like I had a lot of friends and there were lots of people who liked me. Mm-hmm. But I just, I spent most of my life feeling like I was very different from everyone and that there was something wrong with me and other people were like deserving of friends because they're my mother. Yeah. Who told you that you were either different or something was wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, I moved around a lot when I was a kid and there are many schools that I went to. Like, for example, this is kind of Um, But my mom, she's always been really like into healthy food. And so she'd make my lunch for me and kids would always make fun of my lunch. So I felt really insecure about like the food I ate. And then like when I was in fourth grade, we moved to a very like uh, country kind of like small town. Mm -hmm. And I was from DC before Washington, DC. And so people there thought I was just like very, very different. Like I didn't go to church and do things that they did and I was vegetarian so people there like I was different in that school yeah yeah okay okay so you probably heard me say on the show before that everyone needs to feel loved safe and like they belong pretty much everyone like I don't know if anyone gets a pass (laughs) from from that nor do we want to have a past from that. Like, it's nice to feel loved, safe, and like you belong. And what's interesting to me is when I asked you to step into the bubble of your relationship space, you basically said that you said you feel loved, 
Then you said something about feeling safe and you said secure. And then like a few seconds later, you said accepted, <laughs> which is basically belonged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what this tells me is that these are things that your inner child does not feel and you're outsourcing your ability to feel those things to a relationship. Wow. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I don't think she does feel safe. Right. Right. And I really like that we're having this conversation. Um, one, just because I always like to do these podcasts, but also because this is a really good example of how inner child wounding and core wounding can come from more than just the home itself or from parents. Right. And also like you're raised by humans as far as I know. And so they're imperfect because they're human. So I'm sure there's probably something we could probably find there, but it does seem at least from this conversation that your a big piece of your core wounding does come from the moving around and then literally just feeling like you don't belong yeah. in these places. And sometimes like there's truth behind that, right? Like if you move to a small, you know, more like traditional conservative town and you're like from a big city and you're vegetarian, like, yeah, you might feel like you stick out or you might actually stick out a little bit, you know? Um, and so especially doing that at like in fourth grade, how are you in fourth grade? Like eight or nine. I can't tell you how many times when I do inner child work with a client and I'm like, how old do you feel? Or what age comes up? And it's like always around eight years old, because that's such to me, like a pivotal time in childhood where you begin to realize, okay, the things that go on inside my house is not necessarily like all the things that go on in other people's houses. And so then that begins to just create your awareness enough to know like, okay, who's right, who's wrong, or who's good, or who's bad, or who's nice, or who's not nice. You know what I mean? And so we can create some pretty impactful stories about ourselves and the world around us, relationships, all that kind of stuff. Is this making sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Anything coming up for you right now before I keep going? No, nothing. Okay. Okay. Great. So Let's, I'm going to do another visualization with you before we do that. I'm just kind of curious when you think of, you know, not feeling like you were accepted or like you belonged or maybe even bullied, can you still see some of those people's faces? Yeah, definitely. Especially because I went to high school with them as well. So I like, they're very familiar. Okay. Okay. So let's do this. So I want you to close your eyes again and I want you to, let's see, I'm just trying to think of the order of of events here. What I want you to do is I want you to imagine a bubble around you and this bubble circumference or radius or whatever is about as wide as your arms are, you know, if you're to reach out and above and behind you, that's about how big your bubble is. I like using bubbles as you can tell. Um, and this bubble is your physical personal space, but it's also your energetic personal space. And what I want you to just imagine, imagine like your energy is a certain color. So whatever is the first color that comes to mind, that's the color it is. Don't have to think too much about it. Just first color that pops up and energy. It can sometimes seem like this really woo kind of concept. And in some ways it is, but I just think of it as a culmination of your thoughts, emotions, beliefs, actions, mm-hmm. thoughts and beliefs are kind of the same thing. I'm but... very into energy. So <laughs> I yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's your energy. So just 
Notice it. It's it's normal for your energy to be floating just around your space. And if we're operating from a place of core wounds, which it seems like you are, especially or at least in terms of your love life, then more often than not, there's going to be other energy, other people's energy floating through your space as well. So remember, energy is the culmination of people's actions, emotions, and beliefs. And so what I want to focus on now are these kids that you went to school with. So whose energy is still in your space? Now, their energy is going to come up as a different color. So let's say your energy, what's what's your color for your energy? Red. Red. Okay. So yours is red. So you might notice some blues or some greens or some pinks or some yellows. This is other people's stuff that is seeping into your energetic space. So what I want you to imagine is I just want you to imagine like this virtual cleaning out. It's going to take all this energy that's not red. And you can just imagine like a garbage chute. You can imagine you're just blowing it away. And it only blows away the non-red energy, whatever it is. You're just sending back their energy to them. And you might also notice other people's energy. Maybe there are some parents energy. Maybe there are some siblings energy, current people's uh, energy, like in your life, like friends or coworkers or roommates or whoever giving people's energy back to them does not hurt them. It does not mean you don't like them. Your energy is good for you. Their energy is good for them. So we're just sorting it out. We're just separating. And it's like, it's like you're going through your closet and I'm like, Oh, these are my friend's jeans. These are are my mom's t-shirt. These are my sister's shoes. And you're just like sorting all out so you can give it back. That's basically what you're doing here. Okay. Energies don't want to go back. I feel like. Like Okay. Because you're holding on to them or because something else? Oh, maybe it is because I'm holding on to them. There's just, there's one person in particular who really, really affected me. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like it probably would be me holding on to her because it was a long time ago. So I don't think she'd still not like me or, you know, think about me. What's the benefit of holding on to? this person's energy? Maybe, and I don't, I don't know if this is it, but maybe it's a way of reminding myself because I, I was friends with her. I was too trusting of her. So maybe it's a way of reminding myself not to trust everyone or not to give myself too much of myself to somebody. And I don't know if that's it, but that's one thing that popped into my head. Yeah. I mean, that definitely sounds pretty plausible. We don't do anything unless there's a benefit. And I know this sounds like for some people listening, that might sound like what, Um, but because like there are things that like we can very obviously know the, the, uh, any potential negative consequences like overeating or drinking too much. We know that there's negative consequences associated with those kinds of actions, but there's a payoff. Otherwise we wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And like logic is very different from what we actually do. So <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is that's an understatement, but totally. So this might be something to, you know, journal on and, and reflect on a little bit deeper. Like what is what do I get by hanging on to this? But I but I think though, in one way or another, it's probably going to come back down to being a security blanket. So kind of just what you what you said, it reminds you to not trust. 
the security blanket can be in the form of like, see, I was like this, I was right. Like, I can't trust people. I have to just keep my guard up or keep people in arm's length or whatever. And again, like there is a payoff to that because there is a payoff to that because maybe in some ways it does keep you safe, but then maybe in other ways it's holding you back because then you always keep people at an arm's length. You know, and yeah, I think that is it to remind myself not to trust people because I have, I'm very much like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like give too much of myself to somebody. And that was part of my like issues. Like I was, I had a lot of friends who were the ones who like actually bullied me. And so that was part of my issue was that I was just being friends with the wrong people and like just trusting them too much, I guess. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I would say that, what do I want to say about this? There's a couple of things. First, that if you are punishing yourself for quote unquote, making mistakes in the past, then it's going to be incredibly hard to move forward right now. Right. And I think I talked about this, gosh, it was, it was a recent episode by the time this episode comes out, people have heard it. Uh, but basically it's like, if, you know, if we were working together and I was like, don't fuck up, don't mess up. You're going to mess up. Don't mess up. Don't trust that person. Then you're going to have a really hard time like doing anything. Cause you're like, Ooh, I can't disappoint Veronica because <laughs> it's yeah. not really like a safe environment. And I feel like there's a little bit of that kind of energy going on. But I, I find there's this interesting dance, which again, isn't uncommon. Cause it's like, on the one hand, you have told yourself you can't trust other people because, you know, you've been treated poorly or bullied in the past. And at the same time, you're outsourcing your ability to feel loved, safe, and accepted to that same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I see the contradiction. Yeah. So do you see how like being in relationship is really, really confusing right now? Yeah. And you're like, I I need to have it because that's how I feel good enough. But also like, when I have it, I feel like I'm, do you feel like you're like, you're losing control or what do you feel? I I just feel worried. It's kind of like how a future tripping, I future trip. I like, I think, yeah, at least in my last relationship, I very much uh, like, I, I really, I felt secure and I trusted it. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I was like, but what if it ends? Like, what if I get hurt? And like, how will I protect myself from it ending and, or like, what if he's not who I think he is? Okay. Well, what if it does end? What if you do get hurt? (laughs) Yeah. And like I did, and I actually was totally okay. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the funny thing. That's the funny thing. Okay. So let's do this. I want to, um, I want to go back to this bubble. So the, the second bubble we were in, so let's go back there for a moment. So just close your eyes for me and we're going to come back to this bubble. Hopefully it's relatively clear of other people's energy. I know we were talking about this one person. Yeah. The fair energy is still there. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. So let's just, we can notice it if it slides away or slithers away. That's great. But if not, that's fine too. Just it's there. We can acknowledge it. And what I want you to do is I want you to presence your eight-year-old. So bring your eight-year-old self to your mind's eye. Okay. And what do you see? What do you feel? Well, she feels pretty happy overall. I don't know why, but I feel like she's a little bit more. I, she feels like me. She feels like an adult. <laughs> okay. Which is weird. I don't know. Okay. Yes, you do know. <laughs> yes, you do know. Yeah. I mean, I think she definitely feels hurt. 
But at the same time, she knows it's not personal because she is different. And so she knows that she could be anybody who had her. Okay. okay. So I don't, I don't want you to use the logic to get yourself out of this. Okay. Cause uh, you said yourself, like knowing or thinking something is very different than the things that we do. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I want you to look a layer deeper into her. What does she really need? Acceptance. Yeah. That was the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. Okay. So the only person who can actually do that or give her acceptance I'm assuming you know who this person is. Myself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So just send her that kind of energy, that accepting energy. She can't get acceptance from anyone else. Not to say that other people won't accept her, but she can't make that happen. Right. And I'm curious if the other person's energy is still there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that person was at a different age. Than nine, so maybe that's fine. Okay. And how does your eight-year-old feel right now? Yeah, she's very smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and how does it feel to send her that that unconditional love, that acceptance? It definitely feels good, but one thing that I'm noticing is that I still I feel very much like my nine-year-old self. You feel like an eight-year-old. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of this the same. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. In what ways? Well, it's just kind of okay. So whenever I was giving the acceptance, the way it was like, well, of course you accept me because like we're the same person. So like we're both weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean like your inner child was like, well, yeah, you accept me because like you're me, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So I think what could be helpful, um, cause I definitely encourage you to do some inner child work around this, which is basically, you know, the reparenting because right now you're basically doing inner child work, a la relationships. <laughs> you're like relationships will make me feel loved, safe and belong. Like I belong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's basically the goal of inner child work. Right. And so we know that's not working. But if you feel, sometimes it is actually quite common to be stunted. For example, like if something, if I'm working with a client and something traumatic happened, like a parent died or they got divorced or something like that, sometimes emotionally, and that's not hundred percent or in the totality of their life, but like in a very specific aspect of their life, especially as it relates to relationships, they can almost be stunted mm-hmm. in that. And so they never really grow beyond you know, when the age of which that parent died or got divorced or the other traumatic thing happened. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so there could be something like that going on with the bullying and the way that you relate to other people, um, can still be stunted in that nine-year-old way of like, I'm different. No, I can't trust anyone. Like people think I'm weird. Like you can definitely still feel stunted in that specific aspect of your life. And so if that's the case, what I find to be really helpful is then to call on your inner wise woman, Um, which you also have. Yeah. I've been here before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has the inner wise woman and the inner wise woman. I don't know for me, like I see her as about 30 years older than me. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be five years older. Although I do like to imagine like this graying, like, you know, wrinkles and lines, like of just yeah. wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And so if you're having a hard time connecting to your inner child, your inner child's like, yeah, but you act like a nine-year-old too. Then you can call on your inner wise woman and do a very similar kind of work. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And I noticed too, like when I listen to your other coaching calls and I try to do the inner child work. I always feel like I'm the same as my inner child. (laughs) So I think I need to bring my inner wise woman into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do that. I would also, are you currently dating? Um, Well, I mean, I am going on dates, but I'm not like in a relationship. Okay. Okay. Uh, What would it be like to not go on dates right now? Yeah, honestly, I haven't gone on a date in like a week or so. I, yeah, it was okay, well, okay. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe like, um, maybe like give yourself at least three months, if not six months. Oh yeah. So Just like that- really focus on building a relationship with you. Yeah. And I know sometimes it feels like, but I'm on a timeline or I got, <laughs> you know, I got things to do. I totally understand that. And I also think that you will likely waste more time by trying to do both. And what I mean by both is heal this core wound and date, because it's kind of like, you're just going to probably at least at the beginning, keep re-triggering yourself over and over again, because you'll meet someone and there's something about that person that will be able to just slide right into that core wound and it'll be nice and cozy. You know what I mean? And then at some point that relationship or that person will leave, will end. And then you'll kind of not to say you'll be back to where you started from. Cause I think that's a a myth that a lot of us tell ourselves when things don't go the way we wanted them to go, especially when we're doing work on ourselves. But I definitely do think it'll set you back more than necessary um, Mm -hmm. versus like really trying to build that love, safety, and belonging for yourself so that a relationship is literally just adding to that rather than the source of that. Yeah. And I can do that because I haven't really been that interested in dating lately. So yeah. 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 So I I would definitely take some 
time, I would give it, I mean, I would love to see you take six months, but sometimes when I say six months, people like, you know, get bug eyes and are like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> so if that feels like, yeah, I'm not doing that, then like pick a number of at least something you can commit to 30 days, <laughs> 60 days, 90 days, and then just see how you feel afterwards. And you may not know how you feel or how it'll be until you go out and date again. Sometimes we have to kind of put ourselves a little bit in the ringer, so to speak, to see what happens, right? Because we might surprise ourselves or we might be like, nope, I'm not ready yet. I can see myself giving away my power to that person or that relationship. And then either way, you have good information and you can go back into your inner work with that information. But I just think that I, I just think that dating for you right now is just going to be, it's just going to be really hard to heal this and also not outsource your ability to feel love, safety, and belonging at the same time. I just think it's going to be really, really challenging. Like you just don't need to put yourself to that kind of crap, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, how is this feeling? Yeah, it feels good. Okay. Okay. Any yeah, and that, it makes sense that you said that because I haven't been feeling like I should be dating very much anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what are your takeaways and your action steps? I definitely, I need to connect with my inner child more. I, I, yeah, I think journaling is something I never try. I think it might be good to do that. Do you have any recommendations for connecting? Yeah. So I think writing to her and actually having her respond will be really great. And like actually writing it out, you know, obviously on the podcast, you know, we do visualizations or talking to each other, like meaning like you and your inner child, uh, Mm -hmm. just because like that's the medium. (laughs) This is an audio podcast, but on your own, I think, you know, writing like a prompt, like, what do you need from me? Or how can I help you? How can I support you? Or what do you need me to know? And then just respond. And any of those kinds of prompts, any variations of that, anything else that comes up for you, but something along those lines, I think can be really, really powerful. And like literally writing it out, because if you're just to like, think about it or even talk about it, you might be surprised as to what more can come up when you actually write bonus points is if you have, when you have your inner child respond, write with your non-dominant hand. Oh. Don't have to do that, but try it. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause our non-dominant hand um, tends to be more connected with like the intuitive parts of ourselves and intuition, inner wise woman, inner child, like they're all products of the same thing you know? And so I do find in my own life, it definitely helps to, um, uh, it definitely helps. And also if you're feeling like a child or like the nine-year-old self, a couple things, one is you can do the same exact journal exercise, except you ask your ancestors, like, what do I need to know? Like what messages do you have? So like, you're calling on like, you know, I don't know if your mother is still, um, or the person you called your mom is still Earthside, but like grandmother, great grandmother, great great grandmother, great 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 grandmother, and and just call on them. And I know that sounds like little woo, but like I know your little woo. I see your room. So, so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna pull all the woo stops here. But I personally love doing that journaling exercise. And like, so I'll just give you example. I was. I was really debating about making um, an investment in my business. And I was like a lot of money. And I was like, oh God, I don't know. And so I was, I was journaling and I asked my ancestors and I was like, should I make this investment? And then like the first thing that came to my mind was like, just, they're just like, do the fucking math. Like can you, <laughs> basically. And I was like, 
oh yeah, like just do the, but like look at the numbers and see if I can do, make this investment or not. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But sometimes we can just go yeah. in our head about it. And then like, we just like write it out and it's like, oh yeah, do the fucking math. Um, <laughs> and then like, you'll have your answer. So anyways, that's what I recommend. Um, and that will help you feel supported, right? Because if you're supported by the women who came before you, then it allows you to be that mother for your inner child. Do you see that? Yeah. If you're not feeling supported, then it's like, yeah, I really, it will be like a nine-year-old leading a nine-year-old kind of thing. Another meditation you can do is imagine like, when I do this with clients, I'm like, just imagine whatever you imagine the great mother to be. So whether it's like literally a tree and it's like the tree of life, or you can imagine just like this mother figure, like not necessarily your mom, just like this universal mother figure. You can imagine a goddess, just some sort of feminine thing. And then just imagine yourself like leaning back. So it's like a tree, like the tree of life. You're like leaning back on the tree and allowing yourself to be fully supported. If it's like the great mother or goddess or anything like that, just imagine like you're sitting in her lap and you can just totally lean back and just be totally hundred percent supported. And then that allows you to feel mothered and nurtured. And then that will help you to then give that mothering and nurturing to your inner child. So that plus the inner wise woman talking to um, your ancestors can help you feel more your age, I guess, so to speak, which can then help you support your inner child. But this is where I think, think you really are. I mean, I, we could talk more about like forgiveness and forgiving yourself, because if you really lack of trusting other people are la- is a lack of trusting you. And then usually that's because of like self-forgiveness, we could do some of that. Um, but you know, there's been some recent podcast episodes where we talk more about that. So you can listen to those, but I just feel for you, um, you know, just because like you literally told me that a relationship gives you what inner child work is supposed to give you. I'm like, "Mm, this is where I need to hang out today. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I I think my biggest thing is just feeling safety and security. Like when you were talking about leaning back on the mother, that felt nice. It felt very soothing to me. Yeah. It's a very, very juicy meditation. And it's something that I recently just learned and have been using in my own life. So I'm like, you know, yes, do this one. It feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was helpful. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. 
I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you, Dante, for coming onto the show. As always, I'm so grateful for you and all the women who come onto the show to be coached. I know it takes a lot of courage, not just to come onto the podcast, but to be coached because sometimes it can be our comfort zones to complain or blame or just kind of stay stuck where we are, even if it's not where you necessarily want to be. There's certainly a safety in that. There's a comfort in that because you kind of know what to do. And coaching brings in a new paradigm. It brings in new actions. It brings in a new reframing and way you see things and yourself and all that kind of stuff. And that can be really, really uncomfortable. So thank you, Dante and everyone else and really anyone if you're ever stepping out into this world of coaching and just looking at your life and your love life from a different perspective. I mean, really like huge, huge kudos to you because it is not easy. And you're doing that. All right. So one thing with Dante, as soon as we stopped recording, um, I don't want to share too much, but she did say that she was surprised and even a bit bummed at how much more work she has left to do. And I just want to speak to that really quickly because I get that sentiment all the time. Or it's something along the lines of like, well, I've done this before. I've done this before. I've already worked through this. And I really believe that you know, once you're in the jungle, you'll always be in the jungle, right? You can't unsee what you've seen. And when you can see this new way of relating to yourself, relating to the world around you, possibilities for the relationship that you want to call in, it's really hard to just kind of go back to like ho-hum, right? I think we are even seeing this on a collective level, you know, we're post- we're not really post-pandemic, but we're beginning to somewhat maybe possibly (laughs) see the light at the end of the tunnel. But either way, what we do know is that a lot of people aren't wanting to return to their pre-pandemic lives. And we literally see this like in the job market, you know what I mean? So I think it's kind of like a very parallel or really similar kind of thing. Once you see what more freedom looks like, once you see what having flexible hours looks like, once you see what working from home looks like, then you're kind of like, nah, dude, I'm not going back to the office and having someone else dictate so much or so many of the hours in my life. And I really do believe that this kind of work is super, super similar. You have now seen this, you've been in the jungle, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to go back to those old ways of being in the so-called dating game and playing by those dumb rules or being in relationships where there's just really icky patriarchal norms. And so because of that, I do think that we're always going to be on the path. And with that, we're always going to be healing and exploring and getting curious and peeling back layers. And that doesn't mean that you haven't done any of the work. It doesn't negate the work that you have done. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong or bad. It just means you're human and you're just digging deeper. And sometimes you might just see new things that it's time for you to work through. And sometimes it might be the same damn thing over and over again, but every time it resurfaces, it's just an opportunity to go deeper. So please don't buy into the story of like, oh, I've already done this. Like what's wrong with me? Or oh, I've already done this. I don't need to do it again because there's always another layer to uncover. There's always something else that you can learn about your yourself heal from and grow from so that you can get closer and closer to the relationship that you want to attract. Okay, so back to my coaching call with Dante, I had her step into a bubble of an ideal relationship. And I wanted to know what it felt like for her, the feelings, the beliefs, all that kind of stuff. 
because that would tell me what she was making a relationship mean. And by the way, if we ever work together, I always have my clients step into various kinds of bubbles. It's a very powerful tool, so I highly recommend. Now, if you listen to me on this podcast or on other podcasts or in my workshops or anywhere else, you've probably heard me say a million times before that we all need to feel loved, safety, and belonging. No one doesn't need this. Sorry, that's a double negative, but everyone needs this. I need this, you need this, your mom needs this, your grandma needs this. Every single human on earth needs to feel love, safety, and belonging. And boom, she said basically these words herself. Her relationship in the bubble made her feel loved, safe, secure, and accepted. I think that's pretty close to love, safety, and belonging. The whole point of doing the inner work and specifically the inner child work I do is using tools to help you feel loved, safe, and belonging so you don't outsource those feelings to other things like food, alcohol, sex, retail therapy, or in Dante's case, and probably many of your cases listening, relationships. The relationship she was in probably did make her feel loved, safe, and accepted. And a relationship should make you feel those things. And also, by the way, if they don't make you feel those things, those are huge, huge red flags. But no matter what, they cannot be the sole source for you feeling those things. When a relationship becomes the sole source of you feeling loved, safety, and belonging, I talked about this before, but I want to go a little deeper, you will always be on an emotional roller coaster. Some days will feel great, you're getting everything that you want in the relationship, all is going well, there's flow, there's ease, blah, 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 blah. And then other days will be horrible. And at least for me, when I was outsourcing all of those feelings to a relationship, those days that were low were low. It was really hard for me to even get out of bed and do the other things in my life that were important to me that I even loved. I just, I couldn't do it because I couldn't muster the energy because all of that was sourced to the relationship that I was in. Two, it's a very ripe situation to be manipulated, controlled, or even mentally, emotionally abused. Now, I'm not saying that this will happen. I'm not saying if these things happen to you, it's your fault because 100%, it's not your fault. The perpetrator is a human making choices and you didn't make anyone treat you in any kind of way. Third thing that can happen if you outsource all of your emotions to the relationship is you will ultimately never feel completely secure. No matter what they do, no matter how much reassurance they give you, you will never feel completely secure in the relationship or in yourself. Even if you're with someone great and they have a secure attachment style, they will still never be able to completely reassure you if you've outsourced your love, safety, and belonging and ultimately your worthiness to that person or the relationship. And it may just become too much for the other person or even for you. And I think it'll put a lot of stress on the relationship. At some point, you'll have to do that yourself. You'll have to source your worthiness and your feelings of love, safety, and belonging from within. Again, not to say the things in your life can't or shouldn't make you feel those things. They definitely should. You definitely don't want a relationship making you feel like crap or a job making you feel like crap or whatever. But again, those things cannot be the sole source of those feelings. Now, I really believe that one of the best ways to begin to source what I'm talking about from within is to do inner child work. Because remember, we learn so much about how to feel about ourselves or to think about ourselves and others and relationships and love and the world and all of those things from childhood. Sometimes that can be based on what we were told, what we saw, or the subtle messages that were taught to us through the ways in which our parents treated either us or each other or other people or the way they talked about other people on the TV and so on. So here are Dante's action steps slash your action steps. Number one, just talk to your inner child. See what's going on for her. What does she need? You know, I I do think that there are specifics based on what's going on with 
you and what happened with you and your childhood and what's going on with your inner child. But I think it all boils down to just having the space being held for her. You know, it feels so good for someone just to hold the space and say, come here, honey, let me hear what you have to say. Let me hold all of those emotions for you. I'm not going to try to fix them. I'm not going to try to give you a bunch of advice. I'm just going to sit here and let you have whatever reaction or words or whatever you want to share. And I'm just going to sit here and hold it for you. That feels so, so good. And I think that alone can be really, really healing for your inner child. So I also really like writing to her and letting her respond. You can try having her respond with your non-dominant hand. Sometimes that can help invoke some of the more inner workings of ourselves, which is really where the inner child lives. And if you feel young and or stunted, you know, I talked about this with Dante and I love doing inner child work with different people on the show because they all have different kind of blocks or struggles or questions when it comes to their own inner child work. And so if you kind of feel like, wait, I kind of feel like the inner child, I'm feeling young, I'm feeling stunted. First of all, that's super, super common, especially if you did experience acute trauma, not always, but if you have experienced acute trauma like a death or a divorce or any other kind of really life altering um, situation or experience, um, sometimes we actually can get stunted at that age emotionally. Um, And it might not show up in all areas of our life. It might just show up in one area, such as relationships, but that's not uncommon. So if you do feel young or if you do feel like you're the inner child, then I really love getting either support from your ancestors and or the great mother. You can imagine this great mother just being like a big tree, like the tree of life, or if you have any kind of spiritual practice, whatever it is, I really like that. It just really allows me as like adult Veronica to feel loved and supported and nurtured. And so then I can do that for my inner child. So I know that might be a little bit of like a a mind warp for you, especially if you all are not uh, super woo, but I think it's something that's worth trying and exploring for yourself. And you can just listen back to the meditation that I took Dante with and see how that works for you. All right, my dear. And if you want me to do this kind of work with you, then I remember I would love to chat with you about potentially working together. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to get all the details and fill out your application. And then from there, we will hop on a phone call. Remember that phone call is no obligation. It's really just a first date to see if we want to make it official. And we'll go from there. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And I will see you next week on the show with a very special episode where I'm going to talk about something super sensitive, a little bit of a sensitive topic. I'm talking about dating and the biological clock. See you then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. 
If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 